What is up, everybody? I am so excited for this episode because it is such an important topic to talk about in the hairstylist industry because I know so many people who, and I mean, I have 100% been there before as well, that just do not value the amount of work that they do monetarily. And so so bring Chantel on because this is something that she directly speaks to. And she talks to uh, people who are wanting to get into suites or like independence, but the information that she gives is goes across everybody, no matter what kind of stylist you are, whether you're commission or independent. So I am really, really excited to bring her on here to talk about this. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up before we start the episode, so everybody's aware that she is giving away a one hour coaching session with herself valued at $250. So all you have to do is screenshot this episode on your phone and share it to Instagram um, and tag myself and Chantal in there are on your story. And I will put our, um, our, like the, our follow our tags, whatever they're called, (laughs) our names, uh, our Instagram names on the show notes below. So just double check those if you're not sure of how to spell her name. But yes, please take us in there and we will um, announce the winner on January 30th. So that is a Saturday. So definitely make sure to check that out and um, you can get one hour of free coaching call from her, which is huge because it's such an important thing to just have somebody like give you insight one-on-one. And I had actually heard the other day or I saw somebody had posted something that said if you can spend I don't know like forty thousand dollars on going to university to get an like fifty thousand dollars a year job why could you not spend three thousand on a coach and I thought that was so freaking true like it just like hit a chord with me and so I will definitely be investing more in coaching because I think it's just so powerful to have somebody to like push you along and motivate you and just have somebody to like talk one-on-one with that will give you direct advice. So, um, yeah, so definitely take advantage of this, share this episode and on your, on your Instagram and good luck. So we are going to get this party started and i will be welcoming in chantel so i hope you enjoy i'm just a hairstylist how am i supposed to be a photographer a social media manager a receptionist a marketing manager and an entrepreneur as well welcome to the secret life of a hairstylist podcast where we shatter the term i'm just a hairstylist and help inspire you behind the chair I'm Samantha and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? Well, first off, i just like to say that I... 
you like when I was searching for people, I'm like, Hey, who do I want on my podcast? And you are somebody like stuck out to me right away. Your energy on social media is just amazing. I love it. So I was like, I need to talk to this girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, You know, when you first go on, on, on Instagram, you automatically be a little nervous, but I really think it's about being your authentic self. So Thank you so much. I really appreciate you telling me that. You're very welcome. Yeah, that's something I am definitely working on for this year is getting more in front of the camera. I'm okay talking like one-on-one like this, but then when it actually gets to my face on the camera, I'm like, what do I say? And then I do it like 10 times before I I get it right. (laughs) Oh, I love it. It's all about being authentically you, really. Yeah. And not putting on, you know, so I, I, I just love it. And I think once you start being in front of the camera, you're going to get addicted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to the information that's, you know, that, that you can pour into people's lives. So it's I so true. Really good. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of start with what brought you into this industry. Like walk us through the life of Chantal and what brought you to where you are today. Well, great. Um, so, uh, Yes, my name is Chantel. No, <laughs> Chantel Channel, and I am from a small little portion of uh, Port, uh of, of of Texas called Port Arthur, Texas, and it's outside of Houston, Texas, hour away. But um, growing up as a child, I actually did so many people here in my neighborhood. Um, I didn't really think that I just loved it, loved it, but I like doing hair, you know. So I would actually do like uh my my neighbor's hair wrap do wraps do braids do and I was very young you know and so actually doing hair was a part of my life as a child because I got my hair done every week okay so mm-hmm. I was ready for that moment for my grandmother to comb my hair and I would cry but the aftermath would be so pretty <laughs> right so I really um started that I started very young and so I went to um to college actually uh right after high school and um when I went to college I noticed right away that college was not for me so I was like you know I am not that girl that's gonna wake up at eight o'clock in the morning to go to school and to do all this learning and I, I knew that very early on right but I knew I had a skill so I was like okay while I'm in while while I'm in school I'm going to do hair. Now, granted, my grandparents raised me and they had passed on by this time. So, I mean, I've had aunts and uncles to help me along the way at that time. But, you know, when I went to school, I automatically knew that I have to support myself. Right. Because my parents are no longer here. Those who really took care of me wasn't here. So I said, you know what? Since college is not for me, I have to do something. So I automatically started doing hair in um, in college and. I mean, I was coming up with different ty- types of, you know, creative ways to make a little money. And I would do, you know, um, just different stuff that never was done. I mean, I would think of stuff and, it, and I'd do it. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I am pretty good at this. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and drop out of college and um, go ahead and go to school. And so at that moment, I had actually just, just actually got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, with God's power, and it completely changed my life. And so at that moment, God gave me confirmation, like, go ahead and do this, you know, because initially I'm thinking, you know, well, I'm just dropping out of school, you know, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to 
seeing for myself. And so when I, once I noticed I had a talent, I'm like, at first I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it because I thought that it was too many hairstylists in the industry and I felt like it wasn't a place for me, right? So, but I do believe me, you know, getting salvation so young at eight, like 18 at that time, I got a more clear path on my purpose and fulfilling that, right? So I went ahead and dropped out of school and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and do it. I went and I done it. And in school, I noticed that I had a niche for teaching. Like I loved teaching. And actually my teachers would be like, you're going to teach this, this Bob class. Like I loved cutting hair. I loved coloring hair. And this is school. I was cutting before the, the, they even taught the cutting section. You know, I'm, I'm up there cutting bobs, you know. <laughs> so it's different things that I noticed that I just loved. So mm -hmm. that's what got me into the industry. And um, that's that birth of that seed of wanting to teach and groom other hairstylists kind of got me to where I am today, you know. So that's a little bit about me and what brought me into the industry. That's amazing. I love that. I, I love listening to different people's stories and how they got into the industry because there's so many different stories, but yet they're all somehow kind of the same, you know, we all just yeah. fell into it. Um, but that gives a really great kind of picture into why you are in the niche that you're in right now. So explain a little bit about the programs that you are offering now. Like what is the, your niche that you've kind of drove into right now? So actually the things that I do, what I am, I am a hairstylist business coach, right? So my niche is I help people that's the children, I say children, <laughs> hate to call it children, the actual students of the cosmetology school, I help them transition into what to do next, right? Because I didn't have that guidance on what to do next and just coaching them, right? So that's one level of what I do. The next level is I help stylists that's transitioning into coming from a booth rental salon or a commission salon and helping them transition into a, their own suite, creating their own culture, creating their own client experience, right? So I really help them create policies, procedures, and systems for their company, right? So that's a little bit of what I do. And I love it because a lot of times we don't know where to start and you need that guidance, right? So I help consult them on where to start and while teaching them how to retail, how to have that consultation, the importance of consultations, and just kind of giving them different ways that they can make more money because whenever you're moving into a suite now all of that responsibility is upon you right so i teach them the the systems the protocols the procedures um to that and i just love also like I, I, my my plan is within the next couple of weeks i will be putting up um it's going to be called uh, I think I'm kind of coming with the name a little bit, but I really, really want to help the, the 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 kids that's coming out of school to mm -hmm. transition properly and really get the foundation, like things that we wasn't taught. I teach on financial literacy as a business owner because we wasn't taught these things, right? Especially in my community, you know, um, we weren't taught things about IRA, you know, 401k, SCP, you know, these type things, mm -hmm. um, 
of, you know, financial literacy. So I am big on that because of the things that I've gone through. So that's a little bit of what I do. And I will be putting up something. I want to call it, I think like salon prep, a group of, of ladies that's coming out of school to have a community that they can ask questions and things like that. So I will be um, starting that soon as well. I love that. So what would you say is the number one thing that students need when they come out of school? What would I say is the number one thing to me, the number one thing for as guiding them on what to do when they come out of school. First of all, I think it's very important to know what what your purpose is right that's number one like why why did you go to school and what do you want to do i think it's very important to go underneath somebody tutelage i do believe wholeheartedly in like mentorship mm-hmm. because sometimes you just go off on a whim and then you have like we have big desires when we come out of school we like i'm gonna own my own salon i'm gonna have my own product and you just go and do it and then you start copying off of everybody you see on Instagram. And a lot of time Instagram and social media become our standard, right? But I think it's good for you to, I think it's very important for those that are coming out of school to connect to somebody that they see that's in their area that is wise and that they want to be like, right? So that's that's number one for me. The uh, The next thing would be once you do that, be teachable. Because I see a lot of people that's coming out of school, they already have little small businesses, but they don't have the business mentality. I see them, they sell in like little shirts. They, they have some people that's even doing things illegally, right? They not even, you know, they don't have their license, but they doing eyelashes already, or they doing hair already, but you don't know the business portion. But if you connect to that wisdom, right, you connect to that, then you could become that. And I think it's good because you don't have to skip that portion, mm-hmm. you know, and they have the actual wisdom because of their experiences and they are, they're able to pour into you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's number one for me coming out of school. Yeah, I, fi- I find that very interesting because in well, there's three provinces that so like provinces are like states um, in Canada that you have to, I think it's only three of them that you have to do a two-year apprenticeship with a salon. So you can't just like go off and start doing hair right away on the floor. You have to train under somebody for two years. And so I I find it just so interesting. Like that's such a huge, huge part of getting out of school is actually taking the time to study under people and learn your skills. Cause I remember the first day that I went on the floor, like I had no idea what I was doing. Right. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, there are stories, but um, I, I, it makes such a huge difference. Just taking that time to really train and learn the things that you want to learn through somebody or under somebody rather than just going onto the floor. And at the same time, like a lot of the people who are training under somebody. So those who do have to go through the apprenticeship, they just want to get on the floor right away. Yeah. But it's like, you have to, <laughs> you have to appreciate it. Right. Like it's yes. so much that goes into hair styling. And now it's not just, you know, putting on a color or doing a quick haircut or whatever. There's so many different techniques and education out there. And, and it is such an important part of it just to really take the time to narrow down what you want to do and to actually get good at what you want to do. Right. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think that's very important. Um, 
And I do like, like, I love that you said it's so much that go into it because a lot of people think you just throw, throw the hair on the cut, you know, the color on the hair, but okay, what tone are you going to use? Because in school, you only learn to cancel out green, you know, to cancel out red. You learn these things, but now when you get to real life, you're not playing with dolls anymore. This is real life situations mm -hmm. that you need guidance on. And you, if you just go out there straight into your own suite or into your own booth, then, um, you know, you, you can tend to, to have a lot of mistakes initially. So I think that's so important what you said. Yeah, I love it. So kind of getting into more of the, I guess, income and earning potential is something that you talk a lot about um, to your students. And so what is it that you think stops stylists from earning their max potential? Like what goes, what do you think it is that goes through people's minds that stops them from earning? Okay. So the number one for me is failure to map out your goals. That is number one with due dates and strategies. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we have an idea of what we want, but how to get there, we don't know how to get there. So a lot of people that I've talked to throughout just the years is I have this idea. I want to make, let's say you want to make six figures, right? Well, how, how are you going to get there? You know, so we have to map out the what, the when, the where, the how, the why. We have to map out these things strategically so you could plan how to get to your actual goal, your desired goal. That's number one. And you actually probably ask, okay, so how do you map this out? Definitely, we need to get the goal, which let's say it's $100,000, right? Well, now, what imp what value system do you base your services off of? So my thing is, I treat others how I want to be treated. So really, I really believe that what, what people think in their mind to get the money is not what it thinks. I mean, not what it is. Because I really believe in servitude. Like, whatever you, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And if you serve these people, you treat them with high regard you know and then all the money and stuff is going to fall in line but i see people they want to charge really high and you don't give the service properly or you don't have good customer service skills right so i do believe in a thing called what i call five five-star client experience you know and what does that look like these are the things that i teach in my program you know based off of from i'm talking about from your online system all the way to the chair okay and all the insights that go in between that. From them booking you, was it easy to book? These simple little things like that, was it easy to book when they when they book you? You know, whenever you left the whenever you left the booking site, did you send them? I appreciate you booking with me. You know, now when they come into the salon, I have this whole thing like I have a booth rental in suites. So in a salon, when somebody walk in, our whole thing in the salon, it's like a, a whole culture that I created. Right. And so what I do is, hey, Miss Samantha, how are you doing today? Welcome to Salon Chantel. Hey, you know, it's like a family and you create that culture. So they experience the inviting experience. I don't want to come in the salon and it's cold. Mm -hmm. You just walk in and everybody's just looking at you. Who are you here for? No. And you want to charge $100 for a haircut. 
just give you an example. That experience, just not your actual service is what make you valuable. It's the experience that you give that client is what equals to the value. Because what they think is valuable is how they how they how they are treated. Mm-hmm. And also the service that you receive. So I think that's what stops a lot of people from earning their potential, you know, uh, price, th- th- their price uh, goals. Another thing is fear of losing clients. I've talked to people where I, I don't want to go up. Well, if you are overbooked mm-hmm. and underpaid, it's time to go up. And so whenever you do go up, whenever you see that, okay, I'm overbooked. I have a waiting list. I need to go up because when I go up, it's going to shift those people off that not, that's not coming with me to the next level. Right. Especially if you're good, you're amazing at what you do. I'm in a very small town. Don't be fearful of a small town. Okay. Cause you can have small town syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, that, Oh, I don't know what to do. No, you go up. Those going to shut off. And then God is going to give you those who belongs with you in that particular bracket right and so another thing i want to have two more things i'm gonna share is another thing is procrastination that's a very big one especially with creatives we love to create that was a very big thing for me procrastination so i have the idea but and let's say i mapped it out but i'm not i'm not implementing it right so i had to re and I actually had a coach and that coach helped me, you know, get my thoughts together. And I had to re and I cried with the coach, everything, but it helped me to create something amazing. And I was able to have my price point at where I wanted to be. And, and then guess what, when you have confidence in it and you do, and you do have good customer service, they're going to actually feel like it was worth it when they paid it, they're not going to feel bad. And so my last thing is, um, which I said it already was fear, Mm -hmm. just fear, period. Fear tends to paralyze us. You know, it causes us to be procrastinating or it causes us to, um, you know, just hold like procrastination causes us to really hold off on doing things because we fearful of the outcome or fearful what people may say or fearful of, Oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, they're going to start leaving me and I won't have nobody else. No, you're going to have somebody else. If you fully act and it's time for you to go up, Mm -hmm. definitely. And seeing the value in yourself Mm -hmm. and that work. Yeah. I feel like that's something that every single person can relate to is fear. Yeah. That is something we have all gone through that moment of, oh my gosh, are they going to leave me? And I think the biggest thing with that is you'd be amazed at the amount of people who will not leave you. Right. And, and, and the people that some of the people that you're like, for sure. Yeah. They're going to leave me no matter if I put my prices up $2, they're going to leave me for sure. But they stay with you because they love you. You know, they, they, they connected with you and your personality. They maybe might perhaps go to somebody else in the salon, but you'd be amazed at the amount of people who will stay with you. And definitely. Yeah. And I think too, like I I preach this a lot, stop allowing your emotions to be connected to your price point Mm -hmm. because us as women, we naturally got made us 
that's how we made our makeup is emotional. Every we attach a lot of things to feelings. Mm-hmm. And to oh, she's been coming to me, she's grandfathered in. Oh, she's you know, because it's a service that you you're applying, you you're you're implementing, right? So I think too that's we have to treat our business like a business and not something like an emotion. Because if, if you do everything off of your emotions, then it can be it's a, it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that is very important for us to make sure that we don't, you know, connect our price point to our emotions because, oh, you know, she's going through this today. So then I'm not going to do that. Do, do your doctor do that? Yeah. Do your, do you, you go to Walmart, nothing is based off emotions. And so that's what takes me into like my know your work pricing method that I came up with because I think it's so important to base everything off of uh, paper, like black and white and your numbers. And when you know your numbers, oh man, it's amazing. (laughs) It's so true. And I think, I think with that too, not connecting the motion because I just think of even a therapist, right? We ourselves consider, we consider ourselves therapists sometimes because we have those really personal conversations with our, with our clients. But if you go to a therapist, they have a set dollar amount, right? You're not, oh, you know, you're getting a la carte this, you're getting this or this little piece, or we're going to talk about this emotion today or this, and then you're going to price it all out. It's just, the price is what it is. So I think a really important thing for, for stylists is to really map out their pricing and know exactly what they need to charge. Like be very, very clear with what they need to charge and make it very clear to their clients with what they're going to charge. So what would be your, what are your favorite pricing methods? Um, whether it be like a la carte or per hour or a mixture of it or whatever it is, how do you prefer pricing out services? What do you like? Personally, I like the per hour. We actually used to be a la carte. And last year when, well, actually just as we shut down, we're like, you know what? This is a time to revamp everything. Yeah, just start fresh. Um, We did a lot of research on how to price. And the thing is, is the reason why we did it is because it's no longer just highlights, color, haircut, right? You have baby lights, you have balayage, you have root shadows, you have all these different things that you're adding in. And and I started to get lost in how or how I should charge. Yeah. So we said, you know what, let's just do, we have base prices and then it's per hour over that. So, you know, you're getting a blonding service. It's X amount of dollars. Anything over that amount of allotted time is X amount of dollars um, per hour. So that's, yeah. I love that. I love that. Now I am currently a la carte, but I'm thinking you're going to, you're going to make me start researching the actual (laughs) Um, hourly, but currently I am a la carte. Mm-hmm. Now I want to say this. I want to shed light into um, far as the African American community mm-hmm. because a lot of times, and African American, um, Cauc- not, not Caucasian. I'm sorry, uh, Hispanic, um, all other communities that I have just I, I'm aware of don't charge their work. Period. Mm-hmm. I've actually had somebody to ask me, and this is the, going on the lines with the a la carte. I actually had somebody to ask me, 
why do um, African-American people stay in the salon all day for one service? And I told them, I say, that's amazing. You said that. I say, that's why I came up with the Know Your Words method, because for all people, because you need to know why you charge what you charge. Mm -hmm. And when she said that light bulb, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so true. We don't know our work, but not not only that, not knowing the work, but what, why the reason why a person is in the salon all day, it's just for washing styles, because people are double booking triple booking mm-hmm. quadruple booking because they're not making as much as i've heard some of my other sisters make you know you could probably make let's say 500 on the color right well with an african-american woman or my other sister down the road hispanic she making 200 not even that i talked to somebody and somebody told me 90 dollars Mm-hmm. for a hair color mm-hmm. that they got off of Instagram and showed that's going to take them three hours to do a cut co- this color or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the reason why that happens. But I, I'm, I'm take I'm going away a little bit from your question. <laughs> no, but it's good though, because I think this is a really, really important subject to bring up because I know that a lot of my friends that are going to these African hair salons that they, I know the prices that they're charging and what they're charging. And I've heard people say, Oh, that's so expensive. Like that is dirt cheap. Like it's dirt cheap. Yeah. It's so cheap for the amount of time that they are spending on your hair. I'm like, do you know how much money they're actually making off of that? So I think that this is a really, really important conversation because I, even I, I heard somebody I I saw a post one day, I think it was a post a while back and it was somebody had said um, something along the lines of, you know, Caucasian women can go and charge five times the amount on the services that we created. And it was, but why are you not charging the amount that you should be charging? That's right. Right? So, and I, and, and it kind of stuck with me. I'm just thinking like, you you have the right to charge just as much as well so and you know what it is it's because in our culture mm-hmm. the mentality is so it's not it's not a good mentality i just had a whole session on this on clubhouse today financial literacy because there's things that we wasn't taught in our culture we think so so low maybe maybe because of our experiences being raised in and not every uh, African-American person is, is raised in, um, uh, um, I don't want to call it that, um, in a project area or being raised with not so much, um, not fortunate to have a lot of um, financial literacy or uh, just the mentality. It's all about, you know, your environment. And so if you're stuck in that environment, that's the mentality. So people to this day say, I'm very high and I'm in a small town, right? Mm-hmm. But when I tell people from other places that's that's African-American, they say, what? They think you high? Because they in a different area. So it does. It does, But sometimes in their area, they're cheaper than the others around them. You know, but it's really because of the culture of our mentality. But I think if if it, like like for me, I can do six heads in a day and make a thousand dollars or more that day. Right. Which that's just doing something simple simple things. 
Or I could do one head and make a thousand dollars if I wanted to. You know, so it depends on what I'm all what, I, what my niche is and how much I charge for my services. So I love a la carte as of now, but you got me thinking about this hourly girl. <laughs> but I love a la carte because I like the fact of packaging things together mm-hmm. and making it. Um, so let's say I have a haircut that's eighty dollars, and then I have you know my washing styles, which is ninety dollars, and I have my colors which is whatever right i like to do it like that but you got me considering that there mm-hmm. well and i uh, with hourly pricing you can still package right so instead of saying so just say it's a i, I charge a hundred dollars an hour um and you know something's going to take you two hours then you say you're going to get this 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 and this get all these things so you're going to get a haircut you're going to get a treatment you're going to get uh, highlights or balayage or whatever it is. Um, and maybe like a product and you're going to get all of that for $200 because you know, it's only going to take you two hours to do that service. So you can get all this stuff for only $200 and you know that you're still charging your hourly rate, but now you've added a little extra thing into it. Wow. I love it. It's still packaging. Yeah. It's still, so So we have, that's um, why Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I, I, we have um, some different packages within our salon that we do. Uh, we'll reintroduce them again this year. But we did a blonding package, a redhead package, and a brunette package. And so um, just to increase our color services within the salon. And so you got, um, you got your, for your blonding one, you got highlights and um, haircut. And it might've just been like a sun kiss thing. It's not a huge, like three, four hour service. This is something express that you can do within two hours and you would price it out so that you got the haircut, um, the, the blonding and a product for X amount of dollars. And then the redhead one, you do like a few highlights and then a gloss over top of it to give that redhead look with, with haircut and a product. And then, but they'd all be around $200. So then it was like a budget package for somebody, but you're still charging the amount you need to charge for the amount of time that you have. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I'll talk to you more about it off of, um, off of here. (laughs) Uh, so I can get a little bit more details, but I love that idea. And I think that um, I really think that there's something that we have to really consider because I, I don't feel like I feel like sometimes we treat our business like a flea market mm-hmm. or like a thrift store, you know, like I'm going to have because I don't believe in a discount. If I'm going to give you something, I'll give it to you. Like if I if I choose to have something for free. Right. But I need to put. If I am going to do a discount, you need to put it on paper too. Everything needs to be accounted for, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I really think that is very important as hairstylists that we really treat our business like a business and not like it's, you know, a discount store. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh, I love all this stuff. I love chatting. You do? Money. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say are the so now that we're getting into like okay you're stuck now I've hit so many goals I know that I'm ready to uh, raise my prices so 
when and why should a stylist raise their prices or like what are the top three things um, that the stylists need to earn their their goal income like what would you say are the, the like kind of the top three rule of thumbs for for raising your prices so the first thing the first thing is when you say you hit your goals and you're ready to raise your prices i want to know if you know your numbers so then if you don't you need to go purchase my course which is the know your worth method pricing method and it's pretty much the six-figure financial blueprint for stylists is what I call it. And so that's you putting in all your numbers. In the course, you're going to be able to put in all your numbers. It comes with an Excel spreadsheet, all of that. So where you can know how many, it's going to give you your goal days of how many days you want to, you put in that, you put in how many days you want to work, how much money you want to make a month or how much money you want to make a year. And then it'll give you um, how many heads you need a day, like, I put in three days, how many heads you need a day. And um, it'll also give you, you know, your uh, your pricing average head that you should make, you should charge. So that's really good. I think that you should go over there and do that first. <laughs> but I think the next thing is, I said it earlier, when you're overbooked and you're feeling underpaid, you need to go up. That's, that's straight up. You need to go up because the thing about it is if you're going to continue to be like that, you got to realize that your body is not a machine, right? So when you realize that your body is not a machine, do you know that you're going to break down one day? Your body, your legs going to start hurting. Your back going to start hurting. Your arms going to start hurting. You're going to start getting arthritis. These things will happen to a lot of hairstylists. It, it happens. And so once you recognize that when you've been overbooking and, you, and you're underpaid, it's time for you to go up, right? But that number one is you need to know your numbers. Go in into the know your word pricing method that I put together, put down all your numbers. Once you know your numbers, you're going to know that, oh man, I need to go up $10 Be or I need to go up. Oh, I need to make this a whole pricing thing, like a whole package. I need to go up 20 more dollars. It'll tell you the exactly where you at. So you will know the exact price you need to go up for the goal amount that you want to make. Right. So when you know your numbers and then you're you see that you're overbooked, now it's time to do it. Um, the next thing to be is. I heard somebody said yesterday. Don't tell your client, just put it on the thing. I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. Communication is key. Whenever you go up. Make sure that you communicate to your clients in a beautiful email. Hey, I really appreciate you guys. I just sent sent out a video. Hey guys, thank you guys for the new year. I thank you for being with me all these years. I am currently whatever it is. If you want to going up or whatever, you want to send out a video, or if you want to send out a beautiful little email and let them know after these dates, this is gonna be effective i'm going up this this that, and the other and now is the time because we're in the midst of a crisis and you're actually doing more than you ever done in your in, in your business you wiping down more now some people they've been doing it but i know i wasn't wiping down door handles every hour on the hour or whatever you're doing extra something extra in your business so it's causing you to work a, a little bit more and plus you're risking your life do you know how much the nurses that's risking their life that's going, I cannot compare what they do to what we do because they actually take care of COVID patients. We're not. Mm -hmm. But do you have tons of people in 
all these different companies that has given the company a raise because now they are dealing with the community and they're putting themselves at risk. We all are. So I think the important part is knowing your numbers. And um, when you're overbooked, now you shouldn't go up. Somebody probably asks, like once they hear this, oh, well, maybe I got to wait till I go be overbooked. Well, no, let me say this. If you know that you're not charging your work, I still think you still need to know your numbers. When you know your numbers, then you're going to know that, okay, I can go up because this, this, that, and the other. I've gone up. I've been 10 years in the business and I didn't, I didn't went up. Ooh, I can't even count how many times I went up. I didn't been, I didn't went up two, three times in a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I noticed that, oh no, I'm not because you're a business. You need to know if you're paying for all your bills properly, your life insurance, your disability insurance, because these are things that we don't, we don't think about that we have to purchase, but know that all the things that you do far as your pricing it's a purpose for it. I've heard people say, oh, she's just going to let me. I've heard this. Actually, somebody said this. Oh, so she's just going to use me to go up because she got to pay her bills. Yes, this is my business. I have to pay bills. I have to pay my own 401k or uh, IRA. I have to pay life insurance. I have to pay liability insurance. I have to pay disability insurance. And if you have cancer running your family or heart attacks, whatever it is, if you want to prepare for that, you can have that type of insurance for your job. You know, I have six or six to eight insurance to pay a month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that so you want me to stay at $35 a head or $45 a head when I have bills and I'm single. So I can only imagine if somebody had a child and they don't have all these insurances. Some people don't think some people don't have, I don't have disability insurance. I just learned about it. I'm going to get it though. So some people don't think about these things. So once you know your numbers and you know what you're paying for and you see that, okay, I'm not making enough, I'm struggling. Then it's time for you to consider to go over your numbers and then correct your price list and also communicate it properly to your actual clients. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't over talk that. No, that was perfect. I love it. <laughs> No, these are important things because I think that it, well, especially stylists who are in commission salons, they don't realize all that goes into running a business. And so that's actually something we just did a couple of weeks ago with our staff. We broke down every single number in our salon. We're very, we love to be like super transparent with everybody and just show them like, okay, you know, this is the, this is the amount that goes towards color costs. This is the cost that goes towards uh, purchasing your products and your insurance and your for Canada at CPP and IE and all these things. So there's so much that goes into keeping the lights on and it's uh, if, with yourself and the business. And yeah. so uh, it's really important for every stylist to know all of those things because you can't just say, you know, I'm going to charge $50, let's say $50, but it's why $50? You know, you have to know yes. it goes into that $50. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're left with $1. <laughs> so it's, it's really important to know those things. So I'm really glad that you touched on that stuff. So um, 
I really want to thank you for coming on here because I mean, we could keep talking for hours, but I don't know if everybody wants to listen for another five hours to <laughs> everything, but, um, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this stuff because these are really important topics and especially coming into a new year, it is time for us to revamp and look at what we've done in the past year and, and what we can improve. So uh, this is a really important topic of that. So, um, so where can people find you and what is coming up next for you this year? Wow, great. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Sweet Stylist Society. That is the name of the hair hair business, coaching business, I'm sorry, uh, community that I created. And also um, my personal page is Chantel the Hair Artist on there as well. You can find it on both platforms, um, Facebook and Instagram and www.chantel channel.com um what's next for me is really just coaching you know that's my heart's desire is to pour into um the young ladies that's coming up in our industry and also um i said it earlier i'm, I'm gonna start um salon prep right so it's gonna be a community where it's like a um kind of like a community where we all pour into these girls that's coming up you know and so i want to start that i will be starting that rather and also the next thing for me is um, I'm going to be having me a podcast and you're going to have to come on it. Yay. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to be uh, launching a podcast in the middle of the year. It's going to be called The Sweet Life of a Hairstylist. And um, it's going to be all things hair, self-love and mental, m- mental awareness, you know, like um, mental awareness and mental health. Because we forget about ourselves a lot of times with serving our community, our children, our families as women, period. But especially hairstylists, because we a little bit of everything to our clients, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we take care of ourselves as well. And so I will be launching that in the middle of the year. And also I have courses coming up. And so if you're going on my actual um, my site and then and then put your information into the link uh far as you know you know um with any updates or whatever then i can have you on the email list and so when these things come up discounts on those particular courses or whatever it may be um they can go ahead and get that so that's what's coming up for me and i'm excited about the new year i feel like i'm transitioning well um i'm leaving a salon slowly but surely and so I'm excited to see what the new year brings. I'm, I've already just this, this podcast. This is actually my first time on a podcast. Oh my gosh. I feel so honored. So, <laughs> so you, my first podcast ever. Awesome. And I really, really enjoyed it, Samantha. I really did. You are so sweet. Aw, thank you so much. Well, and yeah. next year we'll probably have to, or, or this year, I keep forgetting it's a new year. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to have to do some uh, connecting on our podcast. We call it the sweet life and the secret life. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause yours is the secret life and yeah. mine is the sweet. So yeah. mine is the S-U-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah so we could connect. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to this week's episode of Secret Life of a Hairstylist. Now, if you want a little bit more information from Chantel, make sure to check out the show notes and we will have all of her information there. As well, you can win a one-hour coaching session with this beauty 
valued at $250. So you get tons of one-on-one information right from her mouth. So make sure to screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram, tag us in it, and we will be announcing a winner on January 30th. So that's a Saturday. So make sure to screenshot it, tag us in it and share it to our Instagram or your Instagram story. And we will announce the winner then as well. If you could do me a huge favor and rate this episode, leave a review so we can keep sharing this information with amazing industry professionals with everybody else. So we will see you soon until next time. Have a great day.